Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 236 of the Uncapped Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Sands, and today we're talking to Jim McCune and Jackie DeBella, the co-founders of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards, which... Um, well, uh, to you, Jim and Jackie, a lot of my listenership isn't centered in the mid-Atlantic area, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia. Uh, there are quite a few people in our area that have won. Um, and it's a lot of people in general that I've, I know and have been on guests previously have won crushes this year. So it made sense just to have you guys on to tell us about the, the C some reason I can remember the name completely but if i try to say it as an acronym <laughs> i completely botch it. it it takes a little getting used to um yeah. so jim and jackie thank you for joining me thanks for having us yeah, yeah we're, we're the craft beer marketing awards and uh, some people call us the cbmas but i think we're getting really known as the crushies yeah everybody's calling us the crushies now but, well it is by far one of the best trophies in any I, I won't even narrow it to beer competitions just any trophy ever thank yeah you. thank you so i'm yeah, really society awards they build our trophy and they actually build the mtv moon man and emmy awards so uh, we went with like the top shelf uh trophy manufacturer in the country so, so you got definitely... someone who knows what they're doing yeah <laughs> Who um who designed it? Uh, we did. Well, bravo! Very good job. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We uh we have three now. It's the uh, platinum, which is our highest award, and then we have our gold, and then we have our new award this year, which is the global. What um is that for outside of the U.S. or actually maybe yeah, I'll just so we can start there and then we'll yeah. rewind and get the history of the um cbmas and but yeah so what wh define with the breakdown of what the different crushies are sure yeah so uh 2020 was unfortunately our first year um and we started out just at a north america level so we had canada some of south america mexico that whole area and obviously the us um so we started out as platinum was our top award and then it went to gold. Um, and then for 2021, we actually went global because the um, the demand was definitely there. People from all over the world were asking us to enter. Um, so we expanded. And while platinum and gold, you can still win within your region, um, you also have the opportunity to enter at a global level where you, where you compete against the world in your category. Um, so that's kind of the top of the top for okay. sure, a global crushy. So how did the CBMAs come about? Yeah, it's a funny story. It's <laughs> only a couple of years old at this point, but uh, Jackie and I were in the uh, beer marketing world and we had been to so many beer tasting events. They're very prevalent in the industry, but we noticed that there really wasn't anyone celebrating all the great work that designers, marketers, branders, advertisers were doing. Um, the beer itself is half the battle, but you know, everything from merchandise to the website and photography and copywriting and social media, there's so many other aspects that we wanted to shed the light on. So Jackie and I were like, oh, this must exist. We Googled it. We couldn't believe it didn't uh, exist anywhere in the world. So we were definitely the first. And we developed the CBMAs to recognize and award the very best marketing in the brewing industry and this year around the whole world. So uh, breweries, their agencies, artists, and marketing partners, they're all invited to enter their top work. So did you work for um, ad agencies, marketing firms, or directly at breweries doing marketing? Both. Yeah, both. Uh, we have experience on both sides and then also different you know, ingredients providers and whatnot within the brewery industry. So we, we've been behind the scenes on on all of it and just thought, you know, time for our teams to get recognized. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that, though, because I was worried that you may have been just people trying to cash in on craft beer. 
and mm-hmm. but it sounds like you're definitely uh, part of the community and not just an outside agency or something that just was like, hey, there's a lot of money right here. Let's go make some of that. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah no, we, we live and breathe beer. <laughs> I've been in the business since 1997. And like I said, we have been to so many shows and it was just time and it was embraced so well. And uh, this year we had 195 winners from all around the world. How many different um, breweries enter? Uh, we just did this. Give out information of who entered or how many. We keep that obviously um, under wraps, uh, especially just we're brand new, but we get a lot. I know that uh, every state in America entered but three. Mm -hmm. And we had all six continents entries from. um, I'm going to guess that those are states somewhere in the middle of the country or someplace where there aren't very many breweries. Real north, middle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah a couple of obscure spots, but uh, we definitely hope to see some work represented next year. I know uh, the U.S. definitely entered the most for the world, um, probably followed by, I think, the U.K. and then Australia. Australia, yep. And even South Africa, I think they were yeah, four. Yes, South Africa came in at a pretty high number. That's interesting. They had some awesome work, too, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, I know they, it... Isn't that like the number one place where Guinness uh, foreign extra stout is sold? I think like, I think yeah. more people in South Africa drink Guinness. Like they, yeah, yeah, their consumption is either more or second only to Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I guess they just like beer. Yeah. They love their Guinness. So that uh, you unfortunately um, started this last year. Um, and I'm guessing you weren't able to have an in-person award ceremony last year. Um, you weren't able to have one this year, but is the, is the plan going forward that you will have to try to do an in-person type of? Yeah. So our plan as of now, knock on wood, everything stays good. Um, you know, we're heading to CBC in Denver, um, in September where we hope to meet our winners and, and, you know, celebrate a little bit in person there. But we are hoping spring CBC next year we'll be able to host something where we're going to announce our winners. We'll still be virtual so that the world obviously can take part yeah. as well. Um, but we're hoping to have some type of in-person event next year for sure. We got lucky. The pandemic really doesn't affect our uh, competition. But we did lose two years in a row, unfortunately, our live ceremony. So yeah. we pivoted and we were able to get our live broadcast of our ceremony out there and it was really well received. I think we had over 5,000 views last year. Yeah, it was fun, too. I think everybody just got used to Zoom and so what we were doing. Yeah, uh, just like right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is actually weird. This is I finally had started doing in-person interviews again, and this is the first virtual one I've done. I, I can't remember how long now. And I almost forgot wow. how to set all my equipment up. <laughs> but it, it's so much easier just to do this in my basement than to drive to a brewery or convince someone to come to my studio. Totally. So it, while while I like doing stuff in person, there's also a it is nice just to sit down, record and get up and go do something else real quick. Yeah, very convenient. Um and you had mentioned how it doesn't really affect the competition itself at all. And that's because um, you have judges from all over the world, correct? Yeah, we had over, I think, 325, 350 judges this year. Um, and I think, you know what, we, this is going to sound crazy, but we had a little bit of a benefit of everyone getting really creative over the last year. Um, so the work that we received, you know, we added some categories, we added pandemic marketing, we added human rights, um, just because the work was out there and, and it was really amazing what people were doing. So, so we had that benefit. Um, how, how do you select your judges? Cause I've seen it. It's like across the entire spectrum of, uh, people involved in the craft beer community. Yeah. It's something that we obviously take very serious. The whole competition hinges on the quality of judges and their participation and, the judges work is not just the visual critiquing of the of the entries, but they help us along the way, um, support us and get the word out and sort of, you know, everything down to even proofreading. They really have helped us sort of build this machine. And 
Um, everyone is fully vetted and you have to be, you know, in the craft beer industry or in an adjacent category, which, you know, would be craft beer creative or marketing. Um, and they got to have a lot of passion for it because at the end of the day, they put a lot of time and effort in and judging, you know, could take weeks, um, to get through the entries and, uh, there's just a lot of work. So we really always, uh, thank them from the bottom of our heart. Have yeah, there... and I mean, you know, the industry is is really tight, and we ask people for recommendations for people. Um, just through our our groups, we find some great people. Um, so it, it's pretty cool when it all comes together with the judges. Did you have any repeat uh, winners yet? I mean, there's only been two years, so it would just be a yeah, really we... dominating person. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a few, and you know what? Some of them are really um, small. Off the top of my head. I know um, Founders is a repeat from last year. They're bigger on the bigger end of thing. You know, we had Top Hat, uh, Blind Tiger, um, you know, those bigger creative groups coming in pretty hot with uh, repeats. Yeah, um, Matt Evans group, they always do really yeah. well. With a bunch yeah, Evans. I know you guys had a bunch of winners in your local area. Yeah, um, Flying, Flying Dog won a few. Flying um, Dog, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, brewery that I work with a lot, Full Tilt Brewing, won best tap room. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and tap room is awesome. Great people. And um, uh, Lupulin Brewing took home doubles from last year too. Okay. Yeah. Then Fine I even have brewing. I have one of the award winning cans uh, with me from nice. uh, Crafted Crane, Melanie Carr, or Melissa is- Carr, not Melly. Sorry. Yeah. Great illustration. I'm really glad that they ranked so highly. Uh, she claims this is not her, but it looks exactly <laughs> like her. So I think she just did a self-portrait. <laughs> Love it. One of the cool parts, Flying Dog, obviously, they're one of the most famous breweries in the country and one of the oldest and one of the best, in my opinion. But their artwork is so unique. And it, I think most of the art was done by Ralph Stedman, the uh, famous illustrator. And, it was also uh, he, a judge. So was there some shenanigans going on there? No, they can't judge their own work. <laughs> they judge your own work. But actually, uh, Ralph Stedman was one of my acquaintances, and uh, he came in yeah. through me. And okay. It's a funny story we'll we'll share for at another time on another podcast. But uh, what a great guy. And so it's such a great talent. And to see that they won just shows that the system that we created is working. You know, good work is rising to the top. It's being recognized and the teams are being awarded for the first time. And I have to say, like reading through like who won what awards, I never came to one, which often on any kind of like best ofs, you come to ones you're like, this is just BS. There's no way this is the best. And I I haven't had that moment when I'm like running through the lists of like, yeah, that that makes sense. You know, the one thing I remind entrance is like, it's any given Sunday. These judges are humans. They like what they like. So yeah. you, your piece could just identify with the right people at the right time. And you can beat out something that someone might say, wow, you know, that that's tight. So at the end of the day, it's humans judging humans work and uh, anything can happen. And that's one of the coolest parts about the CVMAs is seeing a little guy, you know, in the middle of nowhere, beat out the big guy because their stuff is freaking dope. So yeah, that we're all about that. Well, sometimes though in craft beer, being the little guy almost allows you to do more creative or totally. um, at least a, you're able to capitalize on like pop culture more because you they're they're way more nimble. They're not planning out production schedules a year in advance to uh, meet distribution obligations and all the things that the huge breweries have to account for. So it makes sense, but especially in a creative competition, that's the, that that's a place where smaller breweries really can shine. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the little guys don't have the budget that the big guys have. And I think, what happens here is it gives them a platform, especially winners. Um, they get a ton of PR through the CBMAs. You know, once we put um, the winners list out through our public relations machinery and 
uh, I, you can't believe how many stories. If you go to craftbeermarketingawards.com, uh, you know, click on the menu and drop down to news and see uh, not only the quantity, but the quality of um, coverage that the awards are getting. I really do feel like we're getting some steam now. And look at that. The very first entry on that page is from my employer, the Frederick News Post. <laughs> there you go. I think that was today so, or yesterday. Uh, yeah, that was, that it was re- I think it was Friday. I ran in Friday's uh, paper, I believe. Oh, okay. There you go. So, I mean, it's working. And uh, yeah. we get these great emails and, and uh, you know, DMs, Jackie and I, and They'll just say, thanks for putting this together or tell us a quirky story about how they were having a horrible day and then they found out about their win and really get to just uh, celebrate all that incredible innovation and unique work that the industry is known for. Well, let's take um, a real quick sponsor break and we get back. um, I have a a few more little things, I guess, that talk about judging because I've had like flipping through the judge list judge list i've had a lot of your judges on as guests and they're all amazing people um so we will be right back uncapped is brought to you by one of frederick's original maryland craft beer destinations located off of urbana pike featuring a warm inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap open seven days a week our friends at roast house pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. So actually, um, Melissa, who submitted for her beer she did with Idiom Brewing Company, um, Nose to the Grind, had posted on Facebook asking for suggestions of um, what label she should enter. And there was a label for a beer I did with Idiom where she drew me as one of the three musketeers. And I lobbied heavily for that one, but she went and entered this one instead. (laughs) So I'm very happy she won, but I think she would have won even more had she Mm. submitted the other label. You should Mm. be okay in the window for 2022. So what is the chance? Um. So actually, the your first it was the first person of the year um, mm. was Zane Lamprey. Am I am I correct on that? Right, Zane yeah. and then Megan Stone. Yeah. Okay, um, both of those are past guests. I had um, so what what does judge of judges mean? That's a little tiny mini competition that Jackie and I run. Um, we want to give back to the judges a little bit. And we thought one great way would just let all of the judges um, send us one name, someone who inspires them could be a friend and whoever gets the most votes will get a global crushy. And we call them basically the uh, global person Person of of the year, industry person of the year. Mm -hmm. We're working on it right now for this past one. So we'll be announcing them soon. Yeah, when I had um, Zane on his guest, he showed off his crushy. For the, <laughs> oh, get out of here! That's yeah. amazing. He is one of the funniest dudes on earth. I tell you, like we had such a good time, and I can't wait for him to uh, the laughs and drafts tour he's on right now, yep. covering across the country, ninety breweries. I know he's headed our way. I think he'll be to New York in October, and we yep. got our tickets for our show. So. Definitely make sure you check out zanelamprey.com as well. 
Yeah, I um I'll be going with the uh full tilt guys and when they're in nice. when he's in Baltimore in October. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. I challenged him to a sabering competition. Uh, he accepted. I don't know if it'll actually happen. Probably won't. Wow. I doubt he'll have time. But at one time, he had the unofficial world record for savoring champagne bottles. But I challenged him to uh, savoring beer bottles. So that that may I or may like not. What's that? I feel like he will. I well, feel I mean, like he will take you up he on was, that. He was all about it while we were recording, but that was yeah. before he had already been on tour for months and had a grueling schedule and had back-to-back mm-hmm. things he has to do. So my assumption there is there will not be time to do that while he's in Baltimore, but I will be emailing him to remind him about that so that I can defeat him at Sabering Beer Bottles. <laughs> well, we look forward to that for sure. So the do you pick new judges every year, or once you create your panel, you ex- invite like the same people every year, or do you refresh? Everybody who is an active uh, participating judge gets an invite back. Uh, we hand select everybody um, depending on basically how many judges we need. So I. Mm-hmm. Think- We'll probably grow the panel even further this year. So yeah, we doubled it from our first year to our second. So I think I think we're going to need to do that again with how many entries we got. Yeah, and it, at with only your second year, like it, the word's only going to get out more and more about yeah. them, and like the more people who know. Especially obviously. since we can all get to CBC this year, so yeah. that will help. <laughs> I think the BA is saying 8,700 active breweries right now in the U.S. with 1,200 more coming. And that doesn't include, um, we decided this year, just because it's so symbiotic to craft beer, in many cases our breweries, we include hard seltzer and we include mead and hard cider. So, the, the you know, including those you're talking about you know over ten thousand or more um possible entries yeah and i mean people love to win awards uh especially ones that look so cool uh so (laughs) i i imagine that the it's going to be increasing amount of people entering we hope we hope i mean one of the coolest parts is our categories um, we have 32 really awesome categories that span pretty much the full gamut of marketing and brewing services. So best logo and best website and best photography. And like you said before, best podcast, like we're open, we're looking to celebrate good work. So if there's a category anybody thinks of, um, yeah. that they want to enter, let us know. How um how did you come up with the the categories that you were going to focus on, and it, did you mention two that you added from the first year? Were that was it more than two or? Um, I think we tweaked a few. We definitely added the two new ones. Um, but it really, I mean, we had a ton of there's so much you can do. Um, but our second year we did have a lot of suggestions, which is where we did the tweaking and the adding. But the pandemic marketing and human rights was definitely a 2021 ad. Um, this year, we're looking again um, to see what other people have suggested and and tweak, you know, which ones got a ton, which ones didn't get as much. And, and we're going to go through that process now. I kind of like the the range that you have the number of categories in. It's yeah. really annoying when there's a competition and like, especially if you're trying to watch to see who won and it just keeps going and going yeah and there's like three things that easily could have just been one category but it exactly i mean with all the categories we have there's obviously a couple in there that are like the landslides the uh, best 16 ounce can is obviously our top category because such popularity in the industry and that's really where the breweries get to show off their most amount of creative branding and design and illustration so Mm -hmm. by far uh, category four is is our largest but yeah and i think video came in pretty high this year too a lot of people were doing major video content um over the last year too which was cool to see so everyone got bored and broke out cameras yeah (laughs) yeah the byproduct of the pandemic 
Um, and I, I do like for the designs how you broke it out into sizes because it is definitely very different of how how a designer can work by the size of the can. So I, I do like how you did that. Yeah, that's some, that was definitely an area we learned a lot um, was going through and just figuring out how, how diverse the world's packaging is and the sizes really did range and took a little bit of doing, but we were able to narrow it down to the most popular ones that people wanted to see represented. Oh, that I didn't even think about it from that stand because I when I was looking at them like sixteen to twenty ounces, I was like, who making who's making twenty ounce cans? But I guess that's probably other parts of the world that have yep. twenty ounce cans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a whole other piece of research we had to do. But it's <laughs> <laughs> happening. It was a couple emails like you forgot about us. We do a six yeah. ounce, six ounce. Who wants a six? But they do it. That is that's like a shot glass. Yeah. <laughs> Like they actually sell six ounce cans or uh, seven ounce bottles. I so, think. It's seven ounce. Yeah. yeah but there's there... a lot of wild new learning for us for sure. So we got but... into the milliliter conversion uh, game and that took a couple of days, but I, I think we got it down. I mean, that's practically like a um, duty free, like airline bottle of, of... right. A little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's how I like IPA is seven ounces at a time. I mean, that's true. I have one here. It's like 11, 11%. So it, there's really not that much. Actually, I was at a beer festival recently that they had, I think they had eight ounce cans of their Imperial stouts because they were like 15, 15% ABV. And I was like, this is really smart. This is about yeah. how much of this I could drink. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll, we're going to see a lot of creativity as far as um, new packaging sizes here in the U.S. I, I know they're building three new can manufacturing plants in the U.S. now. So hopefully that's going to ease the uh, can shortage and give us some creative new options that are available abroad. So have um, have you opened up submissions for 2022 yet? And if not, when do they start? And I know there's like early, do, do you have those time ranges and frames so, uh, yeah. planned out yet? A little bit. Um, September, when we're at CBC, people who are there are going to get special pricing um, at the booth specifically. So come see us and you'll get a major discount in September. Um, but then mid-September, that early bird special will open up. And I believe it's going to run through the first week of November this year. Um, and then we're going to take entries till probably the end of January. Okay. And f to enter, it has to be something that was like, if it was a can, something produced in 2021. From January, 2021 through, I, I, I don't know that we worked that out yet, but okay. it's usually a full year range from okay. when the last one closed. Okay. Yeah. So maybe not lining up with a calendar year, but with... Yeah, we have to see when we cut off the other one, and then we, we push that for the year following. Okay. We try to make it, I think, 20, 21 or 23 months. So basically, like, two yeah. years. The last two years worth of work, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. There's definitely a cutoff date where work can't be accepted, and unfortunately, we had to remove a few entries based on that, which we never like doing, but we have to stick to the rules. Well, sometimes it's hard to do math and try to figure out when you did something to, if it'll fit. Yeah. I'm sure they weren't doing it on purpose. <laughs> it was no. And then there was, He's yeah, there were the some that yeah. were coming out. Yeah. Sorry, Jim. I was saying you do all the math. <laughs> yeah. yeah but there are some that, you know, our cutoff, I don't know, was it February of this year? They were yeah. releasing it like the week before the cutoff and they were like, can we still enter it? And, you know, as long as they're comfortable with it, we're good with it. Yeah. Um, so it fell in that range. It wasn't out yet, but we saw it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I found that to be very dependent on the brewery. Like some yeah. breweries don't want any image or anything out until the day mm -hmm. that's released. And then some exactly. want stuff shared as much as possible leading up to when they release something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, as, as a marketing out. professional, which of those strategies do you think is better? I think the sooner you release it and get excitement going is the way to go. So you don't, I, 
I think you're right, though. It, it depends maybe on the situation. I know today with breweries, like the big thing is special drops. So right. if the cat kind of got out of the bag on something, it might take away some of the excitement level. Or So I, I understand both ways, but. Yeah, I think yeah. it also collaborations change things. I mean, it's it's all dependent on the situation. Um, let's take one more quick sponsor break. And then I think there's a couple more details about the CBMAs that we should cover. And then maybe we could just chat craft beer industry in general and on what your takes are since you guys kind of have a pretty high level view of getting to see not only just the whole country, but the entire world. Mm-hmm. So we will be right sure. back. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. To all you craft breweries, wineries, and distilleries out there, listen up. Atlantic Custom Solutions is the real deal in providing you branded growlers, ceramics, glassware, and accessories like koozies, coasters, and keychains. Their high-definition digital printing, organic ink, and low-fire process ensures your brand is printed in ultra-high definition, giving you a one-up on the competition. We've used Atlantic Custom Solutions for uncapped branded glassware and couldn't be happier with it. Check them out. Visit www.brandmybeverage.com or give them a call at 434-286-4500 to learn more about how they can help you brand your business. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, Best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. All right, so I think you already mentioned the website. It's craftbeermarketingawards.com. Um, mm-hmm. That's where you can see the list of winners. Uh, that's where you do you do the submission through there also, correctly? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And what is the best way for people to keep up to date with what's going on with the CBMAs? Social media, for sure. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Uh, LinkedIn is another good spot with us, but um, they can also sign up for our emails. We send out a lot of reminders about, you know, entry deadlines and, and what's coming up. So what do you think the most important social media for a brewery is? I... I'm always playing on the Instagram side of everything. Um, I think breweries, even me and my inner circle, if we want to go find a cool spot, if we're in a new city, we're checking out Instagram to see what the vibe is like, to see, you know, what the crowd looks like. Does it look like a good time? How's the beer look? Um, you know, all of that. And and I think that's hugely, hugely important, especially in the world we're in now. People are going to choose where they're going and, and what they're taking part in. Yeah. In- Instagram's king, but we're marketers so we know that mix is super important to hit all the different demos so instagram and facebook but even things like linkedin and you got TikTok on its way up and you really got to keep your finger on the pulse of all of it i feel like i'm too old for TikTok, though (laughs) we all feel a little old on TikTok. (laughs) i just i just can't bring myself to do TikTok. (laughs) it's just so creative uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just stay an old person and focus on Instagram and <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> um, I and and I fully agree. I think like, but if if I'm going to see like if I want to see what like if I'm going to someplace out of town or my wife yeah. somewhere and she's like, hey, do you want me to pick up? beer someplace instagram's where i go i like i don't even go to a brewery's Absolutely. website to see i could because nope. a lot of breweries don't even update their websites with their new releases you just exactly. go to instagram and you'll know exactly what they have coming out so jackie i know you went to college 
local to me. Did you grow up in this area or you just went to college here? No. Yeah. So I started out at Mount St. Mary's, um, which is right by, you're in Frederick, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was right over there. Um, you know, supposedly we were right next to Camp David. Who knows if that was true or not? <laughs> um, it's but, very close to Camp David. Yeah. Yeah. We had, I mean, there were guards, like if you went too far off campus, that would guide you right back. So we must have been pretty <laughs> close. Um, yeah. So I, no, I grew up on Long Island. I started out there and then, you know, changed my major and a whole other thing. So ended up back at Hofstra. But yeah, I loved it down there. I don't, I mean, I have no idea what the time frame was, but were they teaching the beer chemistry class then? No, definitely I, not. Cause I probably would have joined that. Yeah, there, there's a professor <laughs> there, um, Garth Patterson, who teaches uh-huh. a chemistry class, um, focused on beer and wow. they, they have, uh, he has, I think it's a five barrel brew house there and they have That's a home. Awesome. He has a homebrew club and brewing beer is part of the class. It's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, they had a kegerator in the cafeteria, so I'm not sure if that's <laughs> still there. I'm sure it is. But um, yeah, no, I, I wish that that was happening when I was there now. Yeah. He's yeah. been trying to get the school to actually open a brewery and that it was yeah. a hard no uh, yeah. back when I first had him on as a guest. And I've heard that there's been some softening to that recently. Okay. So your alma mater, we'll just pretend I pronounced that correctly, um, could <laughs> could uh, potentially be a brewery itself at some point. That would be very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's idea. They need that. I mean, what a, what an incredible career. Yeah. That cool out there, like it's it's very viable. Yeah, I mean, monks have been doing it forever, so why not a Catholic college? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it only makes sense. We'll learn how to make pretzels too. Yeah, <laughs> so a one-stop college. <laughs> Go there. Sounds great. That's all I need in life. But yeah, and um, I don't know. You probably don't stay up to date in this area too too much, but I mean, it makes sense that. Frederick won a decent amount because Frederick has a huge brewing industry in not just the city, but the county as a whole, too. Yeah, we've definitely noticed that, that where there are hotbeds for craft brewing, there are winners. But uh, just like the lottery, you have to be in it to win it. So, you know, some people wonder who won, who didn't win. You have to be in it. So we're looking forward to spreading the word even further this year. And I think being able to see everybody in person in Denver in September will really give us uh, the chance we were looking for. What do you see as growing trends in craft beer? Oh, a lot of that. Jim, you want to take it first? (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, the one thing with craft beer we're going to see, and I don't even want to talk about styles because there's, triple and quadruple IPAs, there's sours, there's every single infused ingredient you could think of. But I think the one thing we're going to see in craft beer is how to be even more innovative than they have, because we're all about to be assaulted again by uh, ready-to-drink cocktails. And we're seeing a huge shift, especially in millennials, um, the younger groups are switching over to canned cocktails. They're looking for something a little harder, a little faster, maybe even a little more refreshing. So we yes. do see a lot of breweries shifting gears, coming out with extensive lines of seltzers and more refreshing drinks that um, are based, you know, with uh, malt or barley sugar or um, even uh, creative ingredients as they're doing now. I think along those lines too. It's all about ease of drinking and like the crushability is becoming more important again. Like, you know, lagers are becoming more popular. You're seeing a lot of that. Um, I think people are just not into the super heavy IPAs like me and Jim are. Um, and then, you know, when they're outside, they want to just be drinking and, and enjoying. Um, the other side of things, you know, I think breweries really, really have honed in on packaged goods versus getting their ke- kegs out there. Um, and I think that's a really big part of what 2020 um, did to the industry. The cans became even more important and bottles. Um, they're just flying off shelves in tap rooms and in stores. So um, that's something that we know has really, really become important. 
You would think when you set your computer on do not disturb, it would just mute notifications instead of my computer just being just being a (laughs) symphony of notifications that I don't care about right now. (laughs) Sounds nice. Yeah, it's making sure everyone's staying awake. (laughs) Um, I think also growing trend something you even touched on from you mentioned in the number of submissions you had is that it seems like a lot more breweries are using uh, video as Mm -hmm. a way to market things. From yep, just informational important. to comedy or especially leaning heavily towards uh, humorous. I think one of the most important things that breweries have discovered since there are so many, you have to have a personality. There's going to be people that are going to identify with specific types of breweries and environments and, you know, some causes, you know, a lot of them have that now, too. Um, but video showcases who you are and, and what you're about. And it's, you know, like you said, humor is a big part of it. And if there's a sense of humor you get in common with another brewery, then that's awesome. And you're going to, you're going to follow them and, and be a part of it. And why not? I mean, the, the cameras take like cinemagraphic excellence and mm-hmm. social media. Now it's so easy to upload the content, even at large sizes yeah. that it really does make sense that you can make creative content very easily and very inexpensively and get whatever message that you want to get to the right audience at the right time is always a home run in marketing. Actually, so the the two of you are pretty knowledgeable in social media marketing, correct? I, I, yeah. I think yeah. that's part of it. Like, Comes you, with the marketing hat, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, doesn't uh, does it seem like Instagram has become like hostile is a strong word, but like almost more hostile towards beer content? It's funny you hostile, say that. Yeah, we ahead. had trouble this year getting some of our ads going, especially as soon as they went like outside the U.S. Um, yeah. But I definitely feel like the they maybe tighten the belt a little bit on some of the alcohol restrictions. And one, I mean, one of the reasons I asked is because again today for like the third time, 450 North has had their, uh, their account disabled on Instagram. Yeah. It's really interesting how that's all happening, especially with the changes, you know, Facebook and Instagram are sort of one, right? So Facebook is making a lot of algorithm changes and, and how that whole world works is now very different than Instagram. But like Jim was saying, we're running into that a lot, especially with paid ads. Um, but we are seeing in feeds as well. Breweries are not showing as up as much unless you're visiting their profile as often. Um, what's going on with 450 North is is interesting. Um, I've I've seen that a few times over the last month, but um, I'm I'm not totally sure if there's something in their flagging system that breweries do a lot that that maybe they're um, concerned about. But I think it'll get fixed. Yeah, it, each time it's taken about a day for them to get it back. Yeah. And it was just like uh, mid-morning. Their uh-huh. account was disabled yet again. That's so frustrating. And uh, I um one one thing was like that they had terpenes listed and prices listed and like that was what was tagged them. But I went through because they usually post the same thing on Instagram and Facebook. I yep. went through and looking and they didn't have any of those same things in any of those posts. So it's – there's – there's definitely, like you said, something weird and different going on with that specific case. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? Accounts get flagged if they're engaging too much. Like, it starts looking like spam. And breweries engage with each other and engage with their audience a ton. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that has to do with it, too, that they're getting flagged as spammy if they're commenting oh, it too ma- much. Oh, makes sure. it look like it's a engagement pod acting on exactly. the... That, that could yeah. definitely be, because especially, like, those larger, like hype hype popular breweries like they have their like i don't want to say clicks because it's almost negative but there's all the (laughs) but but i mean like the their circle of friends within the brewing world and they definitely all uh, interact on each other's pages i mean you see influencer get influencers getting dinged for that too so i think it has something to do with that engagement level too i'm sure they're trying to overlay some sort of ethics you know to the whole coding system. And that's always going to be difficult to do. And 
some people are going to pay the price uh, until they get it worked out. But, uh, you know, I'm sure it's quote unquote for everyone's protection and uh, we'll see how it pans <laughs> out. But don't take my IPAs away. <laughs> they um they seem to be trying to make it much less fun for beer content mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, yeah, we'll fight back. I mean, it's it. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Like that is no. like as you even alluded to earlier. Like that's probably the number. Would you consider that the number one channel that breweries use for marketing? I would. I would. Yes. Probably everybody. I spend an obscene amount of time on Instagram now because <laughs> it's photo based, and yeah. you don't have to read a lot, and you really get to the heart of what you're looking for, and it's just very easy to use and convenient. And yeah, I, I mean. It's the best spot. I, I like I was saying before. I just recently went to Boston, and we know Boston is a big hub of beer too, right? So I I was going to Instagram pages. All right, where am I going to go? And I think everybody does that, even when it comes down to restaurants, everything that you're doing now, Instagram's a spot. And they revolutionized the game with the stories because when yeah. you follow a brand now, their stories is so intimate. You you're there, and Jackie and I like that's part of our business is FOMO. If we don't yeah. create that fear of missing out, then you're not going to get off your couch. So it's important for breweries to really live um, and be passionate about their social media. And most are. So, Yeah. Do you, and if I was faster with a computer, and I, I would already know the answer to this. Do you have a category for best Instagram account? Uh, best social media and okay, social media so. influencer. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought I had saw that, and I wouldn't have had the mm-hmm. look like I don't know what I'm talking about if I'd just been a little bit faster typing. <laughs> um, Last year we had a unique part. It was called the People's Choice Award, and what we did was we allowed the judges to judge the whole category, pick the top, I think, five, and then we put that on social media and let the public shoot it out. And uh, Duke Brewing took, uh, I think, uh, best uh, social media of the year. Yeah, for check the- out their brewery. Yeah. Talk about passion, and I believe they won with a uh, heavily bearded dude in a tub with um, cereal. They sure did. Yeah, <laughs> it was cereal or donuts. Yeah, I've had yeah. that heavily bearded dude on uh, uncapped. It was one <laughs> of my more unusual episodes. It was him, um, the chief. I came at someone in market, like a head of branding and marketing for Squatty Potty and, uh, and someone from Duclaw (laughs) because they, they did, they did a whole promotion for uh, colon cancer awareness with between all of them. (laughs) They they really are so Have you ever seen, um, and they lack, um, a lot of, I'm guessing it's Dissolver. Have you ever seen Dissolver's Instagram account? I don't think they're, so. they're a small brewery in Asheville, North Carolina. And look it up because it is one of the most impressive uses of Instagram I've ever seen. I, like, I can't even in my mind wrap around how they're able to plan out their feed. Dissolver, you said? Yeah. Oh, it's, they're, they're missing a lot of letters. It's D S S O L V R. Oh, I see it. They don't like vowels. No. Just <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is a technique called walling, where you this just make cool. sure that each of your Instagram posts. Yeah, it's just so much work. The wall, they lock. <laughs> it is a lot of work. So they're building. It is a, a lot of work and a lot wall. of planning. Yeah. Look how cool and how effective. I like wow. it. Like you just. The amount of like, I, I just can't comprehend the amount of planning ahead that they have to do to be able to have that so seamless. Wow! Awesome. Yeah, they do an incredible job. I love this look. I get back to Asheville. Yeah, I need to contact them and urge them to submit next year <laughs> for t- twenty twenty two because I feel like they're just a shoe in. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow them right now. Yeah. <laughs> Add that to the bucket list. Yeah. That bucket list is growing, man. Oh yeah, we better start getting out there. Is um is there anything else that the two of you would like to go over that I have missed? 
No, I think, you know, we're excited to see everybody in Denver, um, everybody in person, get ready to enter 2022. It's going to be a big year, a huge competition. Um, we're excited to see everybody's work. So and check out our sponsors too. That's like the one thing oh, I always yeah. like to end on. We're very fortunate. Um, our industry relationships, we know a lot of people. When we brought this concept out, a lot of people embraced it and we were able to get, you know, sponsorship. And that's the only way we could be in existence. So if you guys would just check out craftbeermarketingawards.com and uh, check out our sponsors, we got a lot of great ones, especially hillabrand.com. They're our presenting sponsor and uh, they are amazing. They're, they're like partners to us. So, and there's a long list of people there and some great businesses that we'd love you to uh, reach out and say hi. So if I were to enter for next year and enter this specific episode, do I get extra bonus points or it will be a hindrance? <laughs> I wish. You know, we wouldn't be able to judge it, but the other 358 judges would have to really like us. <laughs> Our back-end machinery that we built was honestly the hardest part of building the CBMAs, and it is vacuum-sealed. Like, There's no chance that you know any funny business could happen. It, it's 300-and-something, I think 312 judges, and at the end of the day, their numeric rankings, very specific questions – they're asked while looking at the entry, which is not only the visual, but you know the content that comes along with selling that piece to the judge. And that's why I tell everyone who enters an entry, don't underestimate, you know, the passion you put into the entry itself, um, because you are selling it to that judge. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> so maybe you. in your entries, go through a list of judges and just add personal notes sporadically within the, yeah. <laughs> the hey, entry. <laughs> may or may maybe not help, but of where you transfer the money that could help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you too. Uh, so much for your time today. Um, and I I'm adding that to my list of goals that I have to complete at some point. I need to win a crushy. So I will be entering for next year. Amazing. We will send you the information so you are ready. Whether or not this is even remotely good enough to win, I have no idea. But I definitely am going to try. Well, Absolutely. I enjoyed myself today. We've been on a lot of them. So this was a ton <laughs> of fun. And thank you for the support that you've showed us. And yeah. we hope to see you in person and uh, get to have a great beer together. Yeah, I was going to try to go out this year, uh, but it just wouldn't fit into kids school schedules and all oh, that. Oh yeah, and the timing is rough. Yeah. Yeah, it rough. did. It was like the absolute worst week for me yeah. to try to mm -hmm. leave the That's state. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, well, thank once again, thank you too so much for your time. Uh thank you everyone for watching and listening. Cheers. 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 Thanks. The Uncapped podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.